Hello, good morning, good afternoon to all of those who are tuning in to the show. Once again, I am your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And thank you all for being patient with me. I know I haven't dropped the episode in quite some time, but trust me, you guys, I'm here back to stay. Episodes will be re-releasing every Monday and Wednesday again. So my apologies for that as well. But I want to get right back into the show. So we're going to start off with some NBA news because tonight's the big night, you know, NBA draft. We're going to see where these young stars go. We're going to see who takes who. We're going to see who goes where in terms of trades. Because there's already reports coming out that the Lakers are close to acquiring Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards for an exchange. The Wizards received Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and a 2021 first-round pick. To me, the Lakers aren't giving up much, in, in my personal opinion. The only valuable piece that, to me, they're giving up is Montrez Harrell, who is the sixth man of the year. And he, when he did play, he gave the Lakers good minutes. But Kyle Kuzma, I've said several times, he needs to be traded from the Lakers in order to reach his full potential. You know, he has to move on. And he's just not doing the Lakers any good in terms of just sitting on the bench and playing 15, 18 minutes and only taking five or six shots. He will never give you what you think he could give you if he has such limited time and opportunity. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they just want to see results, but that's simply how it works in any field of work. If you're given a limited office space, limited supplies, you're going to have limited productivity. It's, that's, it's just that simple. You know, one plus one is two at the end of the day, regardless of how you slice it. So it is in Beth Party's interest to move on. KCP is nothing more than a spot-up shooter, 3D type of guy. You can find those guys almost anywhere in the league now. And the Lakers, if they do acquire Russell Westbrook, they'll have more than enough cat space to acquire at least one or two perimeter shooters that can actually give you the same production that... KCP gave you. Now, with all that being said, I want to get into the NBA champions of this season. As we all know, it is the Milwaukee Bucks. So, first and foremost, I want to congratulate Giannis Antetokounmpo winning his first ring. And I think he has officially crowned himself the best player in the league. He may not ever say it himself, but I'm going to say it for him. Giannis Antetokounmpo is officially the best player in the league, guys. He, he is. He Not only did he just win his first ring, not only did he just give Milwaukee their first championship in 50 years, and not only did he do it while putting up an amazing closeout game six with a 50-point game, he also did it while beating the, the heavily favorite team to go in the Brooklyn Nets, led by Kevin Durant and with James Harden and or <clears throat> Kyrie Irving or Kyrie Irving. So it's not that the Nets didn't have the firepower to beat the Bucks. They did. I mean, no one gave any excuses when they beat the Nets without Kyrie Irving when James Harden came back the first game. But they had all the excuses in the world once he came back and they lost that game seven. Listen, the Bucs won that game. Simple. They they played better down the stretch. They made the shots they needed to make. 
They got the steals they needed to get. They they played better. And on top of that, I told people, I actually had an argument with someone on Instagram about this. I told people on several occasions that Drew Holiday is the most underrated player in this league today. He is. He is someone who gives you nothing. I'm, I watched the, the, the J.J. Reddit's podcast earlier about Kevin, with Kevin Durant. It, this came, this segment came out a couple months back, but I seen it earlier. I hadn't seen it until today. And basically, him and Kevin Durant both basically amplified and, you know, spoke on the fact that Drew Holiday is a very disrespected defender in this league. And for him to be so good at the defensive end, for him to only make, I believe now, I think it's three All-NBA defensive teams, if I'm not mistaken. For him to only make three All-NBA defensive teams, one All-Star game, to me is absolutely insulting to his him as a player. I mean, when you have guys like Jeremiah Green, who's made multiple, Ben Simmons, you know, guys like that. He's he's better than these guys. And I know they play different positions. I know Ben Simmons is in a different conference. I'm not I'm not arguing any of that. But I am saying is the fact that he gets little recognition to none compared to some of the other top guards in our league, to me, is astronomical. I mean, if you go back and look at the finals tape, the finals games, he had Chris Paul uncomfortable majority of the series. And that's just saying a lot because it takes a lot to deter Chris Paul because he's a he's a savvy veteran. He's been there and done anything you could possibly imagine as a basketball player. But he made Chris Paul uncomfortable throughout numerous stretches in the games. And that's very hard to do against a guy like Chris Paul because, again, he's a guy who's such – He's he's his IQ is so high. He's a guy that's just nah. He's like he breathes basketball basically. For you to make that guy uncomfortable, get him out his game, you know, make him progressively worse as the series went on. Outside of the last game they played, I mean, what else? What more else can you ask for out of your guard? And then he gives you scoring outputs such as 18, 16 a night. I mean, and then to get everyone involved with double-digit assists, I mean, you can't ask for anymore. You can't ask for it. But again, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis has officially crowned himself the best player in the league until further notice. I think he is that. I mean, there's no denying his, his the great outings he had. I mean, coming back from an injury, I think at one point he averaged 33, 13, and 5, I believe. I mean, he averaged that in the finals itself. But to come back from a, a knee injury that he, the knee injury that he came back from is is astonishing, man. I mean, the guy is special. I said on multiple occasions he's special, and I've said multiple times he doesn't need to develop a consistent jumper. He doesn't. If he could just develop something that's respectable, something that it doesn't need to be Kevin Durant or even Carmelo Anthony. If he could just get something that's like, I don't know, maybe something close to what Amari Stoudemire had, or even uh, um, even a Tim Duncan type mid-range game, if he could develop that, something just along those lines, he'll be virtually unstoppable. I mean, there would be no stopping this guy. He's already giving you fifty 
off of dunks and layups, basically, almost. He's starting to sprinkle in a little outside mid-range game in his game. And now, if he gets that to a consistent basis, to the point where it's respectable that you have to play it, I don't see I don't see how he can be stopped. I I truly don't. Now with all that being said, <clears throat> I want to get into other NBA news. And as we've seen this past week, the Timberwolves, not the Timberwolves, excuse me, the New Orleans Pelicans <clears throat> and the Memphis Grizzlies have actually made one of the biggest, if not the biggest trade thus far. And the trade basically it sent Jonas Valanciunas, pick 17 and 51, to the Pelicans. In return, the Pelicans sent Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, picks 10, 40, and a first in 2022. Now, let me tell you why this move is huge. This move is huge because this cleared up 21 million in cap space for the Pelicans. The Pelicans now have the ammo to go out and get who. Ever they choose. I think Brandon Ingram is gone. I don't think he's coming back. I think Lonzo is gone. I don't think he's coming back. So what that's going to do, that's just going to clip more room for you to sign whoever you would like. So with Lonzo gone, with Brandon Ingram gone, they can literally go out and get a Kawhi Leonard if they want it. They could go out and get a DeMar DeRozan. They go out and get a Kyle Lowry. They could even re-sign Brandon Ingram if they chose to. But I don't. I, I, I think they starting to see the, the writing on the wall a bit with Brandon Ingram. They, they see you can't win with him as your number one scoring option as much as you would like. Because they have all the talent. They are young. But he's... He, he, I, don't, I don't believe he possesses that superstar it factor. That a lot of the number one options in the league have. I think he's a very good player, and I think he could be a solid one, or even a better two, on a on a good team, but on a really good team at that. But I just don't think he could be the number one. This is our guy type of scorer. But with that move being made, man, that that, that does a lot for the Pelicans. It also does a lot for the Grizzlies because. Now you got a backup point guard who will actually give you good minutes off the bench in Eric Bledsoe because, of course, he's not starting over John Morant. And now you also just replace the production of, of Jonas Valanciunas with Steven Adams, who may not be the scorer Valanciunas is, but he is definitely a better defender, rim protector, than I believe. And he's also just as good as a rebounder. So you're not getting too much drop off there. And with the likes of guys like Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, John Moran, and I forgot that rookie name that they had last year who was an absolute sniper. I mean, man could shoot the lights. He led the league in three-point percentage. When you got those young guys developing together and you put this type of rim protector around them, I think think you just only get better. Now, another trade that occurred was the Cavs trading Torian Prince and the 2022 excuse me, second round pick for Ricky Rubio. Now, let me tell you why this is a good move for the Cavs specifically. This is a good move for the Cavs because, to me, Ricky Rubio is what Jeff Teague is now. He's what 
Um, I forgot his name, but the the older rookie for the Nuggets, the the point guard who started because of the Jamal Murray injury, he is what they those guys are now. Older older guys who are way better coming off the bench and starting. He does not need to be starting. He plays significant minutes for the Timberwolves because of D'Angelo Russell's injury. And because of the fact that he, they just felt more comfortable with him being in the game at times, he's not. That's not going to go down with the Cavs. I know that they're disgruntled with Colin Sexton and things like that, and he may end up leaving or being traded or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, him and Darius Garland are your one and two ball handlers. Those are your one and two. There will not be a place where Ricky Rubio comes in and says, okay, you're going to take the ball out of this guy's hand and go. No, he's coming off the bench now. He's going to produce what he can produce, and that's that. To me, that's that's the best role for him. That's that's the best role. There's no other role that I can see him playing in this league and being successful at it in. I don't think – I never thought he was a, that big of a difference maker at the point guard position. I always thought he was solid. I never thought he was just like, man, this guy is someone who can truly elevate his teammates and players. I think he has really good IQ. I think his ball skills in terms of his handle and his passing, I think they're really solid, but that's about it. I mean, his, his shooting is okay-ish. I'm not saying he's – Bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's not. I think Ricky Rubio is a very solid veteran player who a lot of teams could use. I just don't think he is a starter anymore. Now, with that being said, there's some there's a lot of rumors floating around the NBA about Brandon Ingram and Kyle Lowry both expressing interest in the Miami Heat. There's a lot of rumors about the LA Lakers not only acquiring Russell Westbrook, but also getting Buddy Hill. So, it's a lot that's going to go down tonight. It's, it's a lot that's going to go down tonight. It's a, <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a lot that is going down tonight, and it's a lot that will happen in tonight's draft. Not just drafting, but also, you know, trading of stars or young players or Anything of that stretch of the imagination. To me, this just makes this just makes this night like, just more, that much more exciting. I can't wait to see who is aware. And the only thing I don't really see happening, I don't see Ben Simmons moving because the fact that the 76ers are asking, excuse me, for first for four first round picks for Ben Simmons to me is. Is asinine. That is, they're they're not getting that from anyone. They're they're not. I mean, if someone were to give them that, they're idiots. That's not to say I don't think Ben Simmons is a good isn't a good player. I think Ben Simmons is a good, really good player. Could could be great. Got all the talent to be, but after what he just did in the playoffs, that little meltdown he had, not even little, that meltdown he had. He, I mean, he wasn't even willing to shoot. Not even attempt layups, dunks. And that's his bread and butter. And you telling me you're asking for four first round picks and a player or two in return for him? It's not happening, man. Not happening. To me, you could get you could get two players, maybe two first. Maybe. That's a huge maybe for Ben Simmons. Cause he is 
a very elite passer, got good court vision. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Should have been the defensive player of the year, if you ask me. But that's that's not worth four first-round picks, man. It's not. He's not worth four, four first-round picks. It's, it's like maybe 20, 15 players in the league that could be worth that, what they're asking for. He's, he's not one of them. Joel Embiid, I think, is worth that, but they're not moving Joel. They're moving Ben Simmons. Now, with that being said, I want to get off into some NFL news now. And this may be some news that you all may have already heard of, but I'm going to speak on it in this show because this is something I want to speak on. Aaron Rodgers is... Had renegotiated his contract. He's back at camp. He renegotiated his contract that will have him hit free agency in 2021. So, more than likely, he's leaving. After this season, he's leaving. So, what does that mean? That means Green Bay is going to have to possibly play Jordan Love sooner than they want it. Because, yeah, it's... I believe it's, what, been two years since they drafted him? So, this would be his third season. And, yeah, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been happy with the organization. He hasn't been happy with moves. He hasn't been happy with the lack of effort to actually go and acquire players. He hasn't been happy with any of it. Now, they did just go out and get Randall Cobb, who he likes and who he wanted there, but... We, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, I mean, it's a huge discrepancy and indifference between those two players. You could have got Will Fuller, but chose not to. You could have improved the offense drastically better, but you chose to take a quarterback when you got a top two quarterback in the league. You chose to draft another running back, but then resign the the guy he was supposed to replace. I mean, it's just doesn't make sense, man, what the Packers are doing sometimes. So Aaron Rodgers is set to leave. I think he's going to go. I think he should have been left. I mean, to me, it's, I'm, I'm, I won't sit here and cast blame or judgment on him for staying because he wants to stay true to his team. That's fine. But to me, he should have been left. This is long overdue. The Packers organization has been a joke. I think he should have realized that once how he's seen they handled the whole Brett Favre situation. Packers, the Packers have always been the joke, always. There's never been a more blessed franchise in terms of finding quarterback generational talent that I can re- recall than the Packers and just the waste it all. I mean, they, they had two quarterbacks who are generational talents. They just... Could put that in mind. Brett Favre, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but Brett Favre was a guy who was just different, when he, especially in his prime. He was different. They had two guys at very young ages, two, who were just absolutely different, man. And all they could produce out of it is two Super Bowls. I mean, we'll see. I don't know if they'll win it this year or not. We'll see. But so far, it's only been two Super Bowls produced out of those two guys. 
And they're too good of quarterbacks to only win two Super Bowls with. They're too good. So what that tells me is, what's going on with the front office? What's going? Why is this piece being put around this guy? Why can't we go get this guy to help him get better? Why can't our defense not suck? Like, why? Why, why can't we not bring in the tools and get the coaches and get the scheme to make everything mesh and just get us over that hump? Why not? Well, look at the coaching. Look at the, <clears throat> the coaching staff. Look at the front office. Look at the GM. Look at the owner. They'll tell the story sometimes. Now, with all that being said, I got to get into some heartbreaking news, guys. <laughs> and this, this is heartbreaking for me. Oh, and by the way, I think Devontae Adams will leave as well. Because he has expressed his concerns and discomfort with the organization as well. I think he's going to leave as well. He wants to be paid as the highest paid receiver in the league, which he can more than be because he's arguably the best receiver in the league. He played limited games and still led the league in touchdowns, receptions. So he has an argument and he has a case to be the best, the highest paid at his position, which no one is disputing. And if the Packers won't pay him that, somebody else will. More than likely, yes, someone else will. So the Packers are set to lose their two best players within the next season, after this season at least. But with that being said, the news I want to get into is revolving Xavier Howard. Now, as you all know, if you follow me on TikTok, I've, I spoke on this several times. I said my, dis, my concerns, my, you know, some things I wish the Dolphins did differently, some things I wish... X had done differently because he's he's not fully to clear it in this situation. But at the end of the day, this is this is what I believe. Now, before I tell you what I believe, I'm gonna read his exact Instagram post that he himself signed off and said that this came directly from him. So, and this this remember this is from him, and I quote. I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins franchise since they drafted me in 2016 and want to make it clear that I love my teammates. They are my family, but what I've learned is that the business side of the NFL proves organizations don't always have a player's best interest at heart. My experience with the Dolphins the past few seasons has taught me that. In 2018, I signed an extension that I'll admit I didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with. I played on that deal for two seasons and didn't complain, but everyone knows I significantly outperformed that deal. I'm one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and the tape backs that up. The assignments I'm giving shadowing the opposition's best player with little help proves my value, my worth. Yeah, I'm the second highest paid cornerback on my own team and it's not even close. I want to clear up a few misconceptions about my situation. My agent David Cantor and I have never once asked for a completely new contract. We wanted things to work out with the Dolphins and brought solutions to the table like guaranteeing more money. That we felt we were win-wins for both sides. These were pro 
proposals, excuse me, of adjustments that wouldn't just make me feel more respected, but were also cap friendly. But the Dolphins refused everything we proposed. That is why I don't feel the organization has dealt me in good faith. I don't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins, just like they can take a business-first approach. So can I. That's why I want to make it clear I'm not happy and I have requested a trade. Until that trade happens, I am just here so I don't get fined. We'll handle myself like professionals do. Xavier Howard. Now, it's a lot to unfold there. First of all, this is where I say X is kind of, he is wrong. You're wrong because you you just admitted to yourself that, not to yourself, but to, to everyone, that you signed a contract you wasn't fully understanding of and uncomfortable with, not fully comfortable with. And I get it when he says he, he didn't have an understanding of it because... That's why I mean, that's that's why he fired his agent, his first agent. He wanted more money. He didn't like the contract, so he went and got a new agent. Now it's still on you. The fact that you signed it, period. That's still on you. But I I understand why. Cause did have you outperformed your contract? Yes, you have. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say you haven't. You have. But you still signed that said contract, even when you didn't fully like it. Now. No one is going to turn out guaranteed millions. They're not. So I'm not. I'm not mad at him for signing a contract. Because how many people you know that actually be given the opportunity to sign a contract that would guarantee them, let's say thirty, forty million dollars? Of course you're going to sign it. it you'll be a fool not to. Because you never, especially with a sport like football, you never know when your last down is going to be played. You just, you just never know. So now he's trying to strike. The fire, the iron wire is hot, and now he wants to get paid because he just had really a historic season, almost close to one. So I don't blame him for that. It is a bit, it is a bit, you know, wrong of him because at the end of the day, you did sign the contract, even even if you did were not fully comfortable with it, you signed it. it it's just what it is. You signed it. But this is where the Dolphins are wrong, and. To me, this whole situation, the Dolphins are wrong completely. I think, I think the Dolphins refuse to swallow their pride and just bite the bullet and give him the money because he's that valuable to the team. First of all, I want to remind people, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look, look this up. I'm gonna look this up because I want to be sure people understand this. I want people to understand this. The Dolphins next year is projected to have $55.3 million in cap space next year. I want, I want people to understand that. That is the fifth highest in the league in available cap space in 2022. Now, with that being said, you have more than enough money to not just resign this guy, but to resign and go get anybody you want is in your control. You have the environment, you have the coach, and you have the culture that people want to come play in. But 
Now with this coming up, now with Xavier Howard saying his unhappiness and how he feel disrespected, and also with Mika leaving the, the the year before, I mean, yeah, the year before, now you seem like, you know, maybe it's not all unicorns and rainbows. Maybe it is trouble going on in paradise. Maybe they don't fully value their top players like majority of the teams do. Yes, majority of the teams value their top players. Did you seen the Rams let Aaron Donald walk? Nope. What about Jalen Ramsey? Nope. Patrick Mahomes, I'm performing this contract. What the Chiefs did for him. They gave him the highest paid, the largest paid sport. His, let me rephrase that. Excuse me. They gave him the largest sports deal contract in history. In sports history. They gave that to Patrick Mahomes. That's not good enough for you? Okay. So what did the Dallas Cowboys just do for Dak Prescott? Despite the fact that Dak Prescott came off of an injury, what they did for him? Gave him a contract. Even when they gave him trouble all those the past year or two about his contract talks, what they did for him? Gave him a contract. Because they seen his value to the team once he wasn't there. And, I'm, and, it, and it might come to that point for the Dolphins where they, they're, it's going to be too late for them. Because I, I want people to understand this. The Dolphins run a scheme that requires corners to be not just good, but you got to be really good or great to play in this scheme as a corner. You have to. You can't be average because average is going to get killed every Sunday, especially within our division. I mean, Stephon Diggs alone goes out and butchers any corner on our team not named Xavier Howard Byron Jones. He's going to butcher them nine out of ten plays. He, he is. No ends if a bust about that. He just is. Now, with that being said, you got to play that twice a year. Then, the Jets just went out, drafted Zach Wilson. Then they went out and got a guy who I like in Corey Davis. And then, outside of that, the Patriots just completely revamped their entire receiving and tight end group. I mean, Hudson Henry, John Lewis Smith, uh, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, let's go on. Like, they added a lot of pieces. And now you're going to lose a top two corner in the league because you don't want to give him another $10, 15000000 million? I mean, look at the deal. I mean, people aren't looking at the deal. The deal is not... It, it doesn't suit him as, as the player he is. He's a top two corner in the league. He's a top five DB all around. He's an all pro. He's the Dolphins' first all pro, first team all pro selection since Jake Long. Do you guys know how long of a time that is? His, his last three years of his contract literally aren't even guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. All the man wants to be sure of is that he's respected and valued, so give him the money. But they don't want to do that. They want to play hardball. They want to be hard buddy and just say, you know what, this is our way. You signed this. It's going to stay that way, period. That's why Mika left. And I know people want to say, oh, that's two different situations. Mika wasn't happy with the environment, with the team, you know, the direction it was going. Listen. This is what makes it the same. Brian Flores, 
Chris Greer, whoever you want to name, Stephen Ross, I don't care. They're showing the inability to actually communicate and help players not only just understand the situations, but to also just simply speak to them and get them to, you know, simply give it an opportunity with the team and see where it takes them. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick literally did not like one another for the, um, I think, like the past four or five seasons in the New England. And what, oh, what they would have did? Oh, they just won a couple more rings. Aaron Rodgers literally has been at odds with the organization for the past six, seven years. It's just not hitting the media because he's just not asking for much more in return. Oh, they only been one of the best NFC teams in the whole league. I mean, it, when when are we going to realize sometimes you don't always need perfect relationships to be a good team? You don't. I mean, people are so quick to judge and to cast aside a player when they don't fully like or understand something on the team. They're just so quick to train them. If that guy is still valuable, if he's contributing to a winning team, if he makes you better, why have him leave? Why? Your two be- Chris Greer's two best picks since he's been the GM has been Mika Fitzpatrick and Xavier Howard, and both of them more than likely will not even be on the team after this season. In the three years Brad Flores has been there, he will have lost his ex-leagues, he will have lost two top five DBs in the league. That is not a good look. I don't care how anyone feels about that. It's not a good look. It's not. It's, it's just not. People can sit here and say it's not his fault. Maybe he doesn't have the, you know, the inside or whatever the case may be or the influence to make those guys stay. But listen, he's not doing anything at all. No reports. No meetings, nothing set up with these guys to have these guys stay. He's simply just going with it. I don't want someone who just go with it. Make this, get into these guys' meetings, whatever the case may be, and tell these guys, this guy is essential to this team. If we want to build a winning team, a winning franchise, we need this guy here. And he's not doing that for me. You see... You see Sean McVay just letting Tyler walk out the door? No. How about even Cliff Kingsbury? Nope. He ain't letting Tyler walk out the door. You see Hassan Reddick right now? We want to trade? What's happening? <laughs> that means that he's not, they're not even budging right now. They already said they don't want to trade him. They're not looking to trade him. How about even Pete Carroll with the Seattle Seahawks? The whole time Russell Wilson was disgruntled, he told the media, like, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> you don't see that out of flow. <laughs> you don't see it out of flow. It's just, oh, we'll make it work. Oh, well, we'll, we'll come to an agreement with the two parties and meet soon. I don't want that in the coach, man. I don't. I love Flo. I think he's been fantastic since he's been there. He's changed the culture. But at the end of the day, man, you got to be able to keep talent. And if you can't keep talent, you're you're not going to win too many games. You're not. It's just not. And it, it hurts me because 
I am a, a huge Brian, Brian Flores fan. I think he's the best coach that I've seen in my lifetime. I'm, you know, I'm only 24, but I've seen a lot of coaches in and out of the door for the Miami Dolphins within that time span. And he's been by far and large the best one. And it, and it kills me to see that this is happening under his, under his nose. So it, it hurts a little bit. I will admit that. But at the end of the day, I feel as if this is something that can be solved. It can be resolved. The Dolphins just need to bite the bullet, man, and just simply just get a man more guaranteed money, man. He deserves it. He, he is, he's earned it. It's not like he's not earned the money. Because if he didn't have this season, he never would have came and made this large fuss. He never would have done it. Because then he would have had no... He would have had no ammunition. He just went out and drastically outperformed any corner last year. Even and that's including Jalen Ramsey. By all by any number tapes, by any stats you want to go by, advanced stats, the tape, whatever. He's outperformed every corner last year. And he's not even the highest paid corner of his team. I mean, it it makes sense, man. When you when you outperform your job with and you want, and you feel as if you're not being compensated. What do you do? You ask for a pay raise. That's all he's doing. So again, Dolphins need to just make it happen, man. But that'll be it for me today, guys. I made this a little longer of an episode since I haven't released anything in such a, a, a while. But be sure to like and subscribe to the channel, please. Be sure to. Tune in to the, my next videos and my next <clears throat> podcast episodes. I will be uploading again, just like I did at all the other times, every Monday and Wednesday. I see you guys. So, what? But every Monday and Wednesday night. So, it'll be Tuesday and Thursday. So, thank you guys for tuning into the show once again. I'll see y'all in the next one. Y'all remember, follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook. I'm everywhere. Last Word Productions. I'll see y'all in the next one, man.